on Discord. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 301 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our um, Head of Health and Safety, uh, Commander Aedlevice, that's Ben Mosswoodwood. Hello, I'm just working out why I've gone off a metered grant accidentally. It's probably something personal because he went off and called me a a willy a willy face or something. Okay, we have our inhuman resources director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have a deputy trade attaché, Commander Suverine. What up? We also have with us is our chief bar steward doing tech. Um, that is Grant Psychocow Wilcott. Hello! And yeah, he, he muted me during the LaveCon broadcast because on Discord I was broadcasting the full show. He's just a, mum, a Muppet. But you can't hear me, so that's even better. Ben's a poo-poo head, a poo-poo head. Ben is a poo-poo head. Oh, no, that is unfair to poo-poo heads everywhere. <laughs> Oi! <laughs> also joining us, uh, we have our ever-reliable Mac Winston from Hello. the EIC. Hello. Good evening. That makes so, Mac sound really boring. You say someone's <laughs> reliable. Yes. It's, it's kind of like saying they've got no other beneficial features or attributes. They're just reliable. Okay. For um, a question out to the chat room then, if you think can think of a more um, proactive way to describe Mac Winston, please put it in the chat and, we, and we'll read it out. I would describe Mac as being Dashing. nice. 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 Wow. It's about as boring or annoying. Generically <laughs> pleasing. Pursuit. <laughs> you, you, you'll be calling me Nigel next. <laughs> Ooh, is, that, is that the latest? Is that like a, a male Karen? Oh, no. Nigel's are the opposite of Karen's. All right. Okay. Nothing to do with the, the lovely Karen that does leave con. We'll just point that out right now. <laughs> this is a different type of Karen. Anyway, isn't a Kevin uh, a Karen? Isn't a Kevin a male Karen? I thought it was a Carl. Is it not a Darren? I don't know. I thought oh, a gonna... Kevin was somebody from Birmingham who wore like stripy socks and things. Uh, Kevin is the teenager from Harry Enfield, isn't he? That too, yeah. Which is why I kind of feel you know that Kevin is he's a bit of a Karen, really. Really? It was it was always Kevin and Tracy. Yeah, but Tracy Tracy's not a Karen. No, quite. Tracy's quite different to a Karen. Karen. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> Tracy. Then, <laughs> meanwhile, um, if you wish, we are hanging out in game somewhere. Um, <laughs> probably near the the orange side of the bar on Planet Life. But if you can't get to us in game, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat, or just go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio. So um, before before we all get in the branch uh, line to Tangent Town again, um, <laughs> let's see what everybody's been up to. Souverine, how have you been and what have uh, you been doing? Hi, I've been good. I've been fine. Um, sleeping much better of late. Um, and um, 
and we are well on the way to finding a house to move into um so uh read listeners paying attention will uh will know that i've been busy viewing lots of flats of late because uh, the suvet and i are thinking of moving house and um we uh we have we think we found what we want um we've we've come across a a small independent developer who buys up uh houses in south london and does them up and sells them off into apartments to a really really nice finish and a, and a really nice and a really high standard and um uh, and i have a thing for brand for new builds and like you know high spec sort of all, all the mod cons that you get with a new build like proper soundproofing and and good double glazing and bifold doors and all that sort of thing um and um uh and and because we'd be buying it off plan we'd get a bit of a discount off um well, not a discount per se, but we'd be we'd, we'd we'd be buying it for slightly cheaper than we would if we, it was on the open market. And it's got the right amount of bedrooms, and um, it's split level, um, which is characterful, I reckon. Um, and I'd have my own little office, um, and it would be brilliant. So we've sort of provisionally got ourselves uh, reserved on that um, as of today, which is exciting. Which means that uh, if it all continues to go well i will not need to spend every waking minute traipsing around flats in south london um, super exciting but instead Ooh, uh, instead you'll be talking to everyone about house prices and mortgages and yes yeah well yeah i, I remember when i first bought my flat about five years ago uh i remember that um my friends and i were all at a similar stage and we had some very boring conversations um and uh, and then we all got over it when we realised that actually that stuff was incredibly boring. So um, uh, so hopefully we won't. Um, and 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 now everybody's obviously buying uh, sort of you know they, they've all got over the fact that yes they're grown ups and yes they can buy flats. So they are. Um, so hopefully we shall find other things to talk about. Um, but luckily it is uh, it is only down the road. It's about it's it's sort of half a mile away. Um, so it's on a uh, I don't know. If if you know London, you'll know that actually a hundred yards in London makes a huge amount of difference because the streets vary dramatically from each other depending on like the housing stock and stuff. Um, so actually, it's geographically very very close. It's it's like a four minute walk from where I'm now standing. But um, but in terms of the street, it's completely different. It's really nice and quiet and leafy and um, and lovely. So yes, quite exciting. That sounds such a nice and reliable conversation, too. <laughs> <laughs> very, very grown up. It is bloody grown up. It's so grown up. You've been adulting. Yeah, I have been adulting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we well, won't have to you know, you know what's going to come next? What? Suv is suddenly going to discuss. Su- well, the Suvet is suddenly going to discuss the C word. No, that won't be happening. <laughs> Absolutely. No way. If that happens, I will. I will uh, What's the phrase? Remember, you're being recorded here soon. Hi, my tubes. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> no, she's she's aware that the continu the, the continuation of this relationship is contingent upon the absence of children. That's okay. On on that note, let's move over <laughs> quickly to Shan. Well, last week I was on holiday in a nice little cottage in the Cotswolds. Um, so had a nice time walking around Borton on the water, went to Blenheim Palace and um, enjoying the UK electric vehicle charging infrastructure for the first time. 
Oh, right. How how bad was it then? Was it? Um, supermarkets are your friend because if you go to um, most co-ops, mm-hmm. uh, Aldi's and Morrison's, mm-hmm. they pretty much all, all have chargers on site, which are like free, mostly. So you can park, do your shopping, and when you come out, you've got the equivalent of a car full of petrol. Hey, not bad. So yes, it was. It was a bit damp towards the end of the week, mm. um, but you kind of expect it, really. So, but we uh, we, we came came away realizing the our best sort of holiday we prefer is one where you don't stay in one place too long, and you just kind of choose a direction and see what's there, and then stop when you feel tired, and then choose another direction, see what's there, and and like that. So in a week or so's time. Uh, we are off on a touring holiday. Uh, unsure yet whether we are going to France or not. It depends on what the COVID situation is like in France. But we, we definitely need to uh, oh, find a yeah. place and go somewhere and come back. So it's all like the equivalent of um, exploration in Elite, really. We're going with hundreds of thousands of people gone before, but it'll be, be unique for us. <laughs> um, ben? What have you been up to? Oh, I got my... So, at, during LaveCon, I went off and I was very lucky and I won the photo competition that Cover Art were doing. And my lovely, shiny Bose Bluetooth speakers arrived. So, thank you very much to them. Oh, and I got a couple of pens as well. So that was nice, too. Um, I'm going to have to... I'm going to bribe my wife with, with one of my pens because she likes, she likes pens, even if she's... Not an elite dangerous person. That's such or... a romantic gift. Here's a pen. My my wife has a thing for pens. I had a beautiful World of Warcraft pen that I loved. And she claimed it. I've had several Frontier pens from Frontier. They've been claimed. I've had several just normal 19 pence biros. They too have been claimed. I'm just going to give her a pen and hide the rest. It's easier. Um, it's, yeah, I'm just accepting um, reality other, here. The only other people I, I know who are more excited about pens are children in Africa, which if you give them pens and sweets, I think you're the best person in the world ever. It, the the uh, things that are even better if you turn up having gone to the Manchester United um, oh, fan store and yeah. dropped off a whole lot of Manchester United uh, pens, especially around Kenya. For some reason, everyone right. goes mad for them. Well, that's 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 true, though, isn't it? Because well, um, of course it's true. <laughs> well, no, no, because apparently Manchester United supporters don't actually live in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm yeah, I've, not I've, saying anything to 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 that because I do know a couple of Manchester United supporters in here in Manchester, and if I and they also listen to the show, so if I say anything, I will just get complete and utter grief next time I see them. Yeah, I've been doing that, and um, and apart from that, I've been playing various games that have got crossplay on them because pr- crossplay is a good thing, and we like we like crossplay, and we like. Being able to play with PC gamers and Xbox gamers and even Wii Switch gamers or Nintendo Switch gamers, whatever they are. 
Um, mm. So I've been playing. I've been playing Minecraft and Nomansky. Yeah, Nomansky. Um, Nomansky. Sounds very Russian. Possibly, yeah. Um, but but they're both. I mean, I'm basically I'm able to. They're both games I'm able to play with my my kid. Although I did find that Nomansky might be working as a might be working as a a gateway drug for my son because mm. uh, yeah he he's he's in he's enjoying that and he was asking me about Odyssey. Uh, yeah. He was speci- he was asking if we were going to get base building in Odyssey. I was like, no, we're not. But this is what we have already. We might be getting other things we just don't know yet. And he's like, well, if if I'm able to buy a base and customize it, I'm all over that. So you know, might be might be a bit of a gateway drug. We'll see. Well, you can buy a fleet carrier and customize it. No, but he, he, I think one of the things he wants is you know he wants the ability to basically walk around his fleet carrier and put in a goldfish bowl and things. Need that um, fish tank. Yeah, we need that fish tank and um, you know Ashling Duval bed cover and things like that. <laughs> ah, okay then, Mac. Um, welcome back to the show. Uh, what have you been up to for the last week? Well. It's been it's been a bit hectic, really. Um, I've uh, for my sins, I appear to I appear. Unfortunately, our, um, I'm in a glider club here, and our chief, our engineering officer, our, our like our glider inspector, unfortunately um, had a heart attack over the winter and died. So. I have seen it's been thrust upon me, not entirely unwillingly, of course. It's quite, it's actually quite enjoyable. I'm actually becoming a glider inspector. So I've done, I've done the courses with the BGA. I just did the human factors uh, a couple of weeks ago, which due to COVID is all being done over Zoom and all that, or Microsoft Teams as we did the last one. I have one more stage to do, and then, then I can actually start signing stuff up, which is which is kind of terrifying, really, because you think, you know, I'm saying this thing is airworthy, and somebody else's backside is in it, and so I, I just hope I'm right, really. See, but, if, I was, uh, if I was in, if I was your boss, and you were a trainee, I would get you to test fly everything you inspected. Well, I would, I would anyway. I, um, uh, I do. I also do that with power flying. We we have. Uh, I the, I take the uh, the the plane we tow the gliders with. Um, we do its annual inspection in England in normal times. And the first thing I do when we got done with the maintenance is I get in it and do a test flight. So um, yeah, it's it it is. I I and and I think any anyone who I think anybody who maintains anything like that has to be prepared to uh, eat their own dog food, as it were. So, um, their own yeah. daisies. So, anyway, that's that, that, that's all good fun. So, um, yeah, and gaming wise, uh, yeah, I've been doing a bit more StarCraft. I, I've hit the wall again. I always do that. I start improving, and then I hit the wall about Platinum One or something like that. But I did have a really good game the other week, um, the other day, which, um, and there's a guy who casts games, uh, who's got a YouTube channel, uh, Falcon Paladin. So I sent it to him. So, and because I'm one of his patrons, 
um, he'll he'll actually cast it. So if you watch his channel, you might see my game soon. Um, it was a Protoss versus Zerg, and it was it was the, because the trouble is with the, the mid rank madness kind of level in 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 StarCraft. What tends to happen is each player sits there in their own base, building up a huge army. And then there's just one massive battle in the middle, and that's it. You know, one person wins, and the other person loses, and that's it. It's just it all comes down to one gigantic battle because everybody just kind of sits and does nothing. But this one actually had lots of poking and prodding from both sides, so is is actually sort of a. I, I think it was a. That's why I sent it in because I think it's one of the better quality games I've had. It was one of the most. It was one of the more memorable games anyway. Uh, anyway, in this universe, I have... So, just... quick question, Mac, actually, yes. about gliding. Yes. What's the ratio of failed, failed gliders to successful gliders when you give them their equivalent of an MOT, I guess? Well, uh, the Club 2C, which you're working on now, just failed because we found a rattle in the tailplane. So, um... so someone threw it out, I'm assuming. So what we we're having to oh come on nothing for what? that what? nothing for people throwing the rattle out <sighs> nothing nope. What's no what's that joke <laughs> anyway, anyway yes, um, that, yes that was... it was rattling so you, you you find an issue like that and then you fix it and inspect it and there's a work there's a bunch of paperwork that goes along with it because of course it's 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 all this comes from the ass of the European Aviation Safety Agency so of course there is a colossal mountain of paperwork um, mm-hmm. so there'll be all that uh, we but we what we got now we've actually got a little. Um, a uh, little endoscope thing with a camera on it, so it which makes inspecting the insides of structures like that a bit easier because you can poke the camera inside and have a good look around. So we actually we could actually see it was a piece of wood that had come unglued from. So this this glider is basically uh, it's wood structure. So um, it looks like it's a stiffener somewhere in there. So we'll probably, uh, we'll we'll have to drill a bigger hole to actually do the repair. And then repair the skin, uh, but yeah, it's it's you, you do find things from time to time, and there's always the usual maintenance the whole items. Point of it. So yeah, and there's the oh. usual maintenance items like going around greasing everything and all that kind of jazz. Probably oh, my just favorite. a Saturday night, isn't it? Well, yeah. Probably my favourite glider story uh, was about the Colditz cock, which was the name for the glider built in secret by British POWs in an attempt to fly from the roof of Colditz over the walls and into the woods. Unfortunately, they were liberated before ever trying it. Yes. <laughs> I have to cut that story. I haven't, I haven't heard that one. But apparently, they remade it. They, sat on, they Someone got the plans and stuff and made it. And um, it actually would have worked. Cool. Sounds good. Anyway, oh, yes. in game, con- continue on. In game, I am still on the Eastern Promise expedition. I have just arrived after almost falling into the jet cone of a white dwarf and ending it all rather in a little sad little explosion. I managed to av- avoid that fate. I have just arrived at GCRV 6807. So I'm nowhere near the orange sidewinder, but I am in game. Cool. Excellent. Um, let's see, what have I been up to for the last week? Unfortunately, I am, because I've got family members who have been ill, um, I've not been able to play much Elite. Um, 
I did manage to get a, a couple of hours in last night, got quite a few hundred tons of low temperature diamonds. Um, however, one thing that I did play, well, now that I've got the Vive, is that I did try out No Man's Sky in VR for the first time. And I must admit that um, if you, I know that Shan was, was asking about this, but if you want that feeling of standing on an alien planet and looking up, it does a good job of that. It really does. The 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 running around a, the planet in VR is is really quite breathtaking. I'm not really all that happy with the the flight. How, how is the vomit mechanics? Well, if you use, you see, this is the thing. I can. Uh, I think that I'm using the teleport method, and okay. that's manageable. But what can, about the running around method? That that does cause me to feel a little bit vomity. Uh, how do jetpacks work? Are they all right with that? Um, yeah, the the jetpacks are okay actually. <laughs> I must admit the jetpacks are okay. It's the actual physical. Well, you don't physically walk, but the walking about is a, is a little bit past me. That I hope I've got a bucket underneath me. But uh, if you're using the teleport method, it really does work quite well. Um, obviously, not... I, I would imagine if Elite ever gets um, VR support for Odyssey, mm. I can't see them allowing you to teleport from A to B to C. And I, ha I me in a, in Flatland, I'm just pressing WSAD. Yeah, that's... You know? and that's why I'm wondering how the 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 WSAD kind of walkie bits rather than no. you know. Magic space teleporters. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that does concern me about VR in uh, in Elite Dangerous. If if they do put it into Odyssey, is how do you mesh the people who are in Pancake Land, as as all of a sudden people like to call it, as opposed to people who are in VR? Because the control methods to get a control method that doesn't make your your stomach. Um, Turn head over heels when you when you're you're walking around is going to be difficult, but then it's got to be compatible with whatever anybody else is using. Don't you just let people in the flatland do the same thing? You get people. God, I hope not. Cleaning. What about immersion? Exactly. But some of us have the heart and stomach of a concrete elephant and can do WASD in in VR just fine. Well, lucky, good for you. But I'm not. I think it, it takes some practice. Uh, it takes a practice and a, whole, whole, a mop and, and a bucket next year. <laughs> the acclimatization will take a while. Uh, so, yeah, that's been me for the last week. Um, right. Well, we'll quickly move on. Um, now, oh, are we going to let Pal have a bathroom update? He says he hasn't done anything. There, there has been no update to the bathroom. Nothing, nothing's been done, and he's recovering from from leave gone. So, give the guy a break. <laughs> it wasn't me who wants to know. I'm sure people wore on tender hooks, hoping like news about Odyssey to hear about Cal's bathroom. Uh, well, judging by the 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 chat room, I I don't think um I don't think people are interested. So, move. <laughs> <laughs> shall, shall we move on then? Um, now, we have a patch coming tomorrow. 
it was announced last week. They said the show notes, the sorry, the show notes, the the patch notes will be out on Monday. And we've had a couple of updates of of about things since then. Um, there are three main headline um, fixes that have gone in this time. Um, there is an issue which allowed um, launching a fighter to restore subsurface deposits on asteroids. That has been fixed in this patch. Didn't they say that that had been fixed in the previous patch? I no? thought they did. I th I was kind of surprised when I read that because I was thinking, I'm sure they've already done it, but I guess not. Right. Hang on. Sorry, I'm sneezing in the in the background here, so I thought I'd mute myself so that I didn't deafen everybody. Um, Just because the, they thought they'd fixed it and they haven't actually fixed it. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting interesting one for us to test. I must admit, um, I never knew about this this um, exploit. So uh, otherwise, well, I think I think it's too easy to mine anyway. But I guess some people are just. You know, after mining for, for my carrier, I haven't been back to a diamond mine. After mining for my carrier, mm. I do not want to see the inside of another diamond mine this year, right. probably into next year. <laughs> um, uh, these... Sod how much money it's making. I ain't doing it. <laughs> the second... Um item is, is a little bit more interesting. Um, it says, a bug with the material distribution in overlapping hotspots has been fixed, and hotspots themselves have now been rebalanced. The effect that each hotspot has the base of a rarity of a commodity has been doubled, but to counter that hotspots in the same type which overlap will be less effective. Now, the aim of this, these changes is to reduce the massive impact of overlapping hotspots while still ensuring they provide higher yield than non-overlapping overlapping hotspots. So, the, so basically, the quad hotspot is now as good as a triple hotspot. Well, we don't know. It could be that, the, that a, any overlap is just think the same. the irony in that statement, Colin. The what? I think you miss the irony and the sarcasm in that statement. It's like, yeah. it's like not only has the horse bolted, it's in the next field, pregnant with other horses, and there's now a great-great-grandparent horse. It's just, oh, honestly, sorry. I'll get off my soapbox about it. Carry on. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll have plenty of, to discuss on a similar topic later in the show, I'm quite sure. Because, no. yeah, this <laughs> Nay. Why the long face? Uh, uh, the the third thing is that they've just announced uh, another bug fix about uh, the demand property in the markets not being applied, not being used properly if factions have a BSG state. Now that says to me, BGS, yeah, okay. Uh, the BGS state. So that means that if if um, a faction, the ruling faction, has any form of BGS state, sort of whether it's in, in boom, bust, warp, whatever, it means that the demand uh, for commodities is not being applied properly. So if you oversupply 
a certain commodity that the demand's not dropping. So they said they've fixed that. That that I thought was quite interesting because it, it does imply that the demand has not been working as it should have been. How does that then affect, because I, I at the moment, mm. demand is driven by whose carrier is selling what. Um, so how is that, does that affect carrier? No, it, it only prices? affects uh, market prices. Uh, so effectively, um, uh, to give the, you an the price you the price you can buy and sell, though. Yeah, that based on determine. Yeah. So what's happening is that if um, the lead um, faction BGS state is not none, then the demand is not going down when it should. So if you turn up with ten thousand tons of gold, drop off ten thousand tons of gold, the demand is supposed to drop, but it's not doing that. Am I not making that clear? Hey, you are. Um, I was just, I was just adding another horse to the field. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense, and it's it corresponds with the behaviour we've been seeing because we've been seeing people flying out there with a thousand ten. Well. We've been seeing like individual commanders have been out mining, and they've got like seven hundred diamonds in their corvette or whatever, or their, their cutter. Mm-hmm. Then they'll take that over to, they'll jump in a fleet carrier, go over to the most recent current selling location, which is usually a station that's in boom, and then they sell everything at max price, um, and yeah, according to the in theory, you should be selling, and but that that demand should be plummeting depending on how many you're selling. Yeah, and actually, it is a problem with low temperature diamonds. So they've, they've specifically highlighted that it's the low temperature diamonds demand is not being applied properly. And that raises the question: Why the heck do they have a specific thing for low temperature diamonds mm. as opposed to for this is this is this thing's price range. Why is it a special case rather than everyone else? And why did it take them two and a half years to notice? <laughs> well, there are a couple of known issues about this patch, which mean that um, some things have not been fixed, but they still know about them. Um, one of these is that um, uh, an issue with partially installed services have been has been fixed. Um, and also there's the capacity of fleet carriers will display as full. Both of those um, items, they know that there are problems with, uh, and they ask you to bear with them while they, they carry on trying to fix it. Um, there's also some stability issues when you jump into a system that is mobbed with fleet carriers. They say that they are aware of it and are trying to work on a solution at the moment. I mean, I've had that a couple of times where I've, I've turned up at Nubaran, as you like to call it, and all of a sudden, uh, basically, you get the endless hyperspace tunnel of, of death. Uh, well, we supposed else? to be testing that, though. Wasn't there a specific test for how many fleet carriers you can get into a system they wanted us to do in beta? Uh, yeah, there was a test, and it did pass it. We didn't seem to have that that 
much of a problem. And then all of a sudden, we're now past, well past um, 10,000 carriers. But in some systems, especially in New Buran, it's it just swamped. So they're, they're looking into that one. I guess we didn't test it with that many carriers. Well, I guess the answer is um, nerf mining rewards, and then all the carriers will go away. And you kind of fix them, really, don't you? So, and I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'll come on to the main topic. But basically, the way to fix um, low temperature diamonds and things like that isn't to do some fancy mechanic. It's just simply to buy the maximum selling price by ten, and then all of a sudden it goes away. I mean, how hard can it be? Sorry. Again, we will come back to these kind of things. <laughs> Um, in our main discussion, um, moving on from there, um, is any, I mean, what does everybody impression of this this patch? And do you do you feel it's basically barn door fixing? Essential bug fixes need to get done. Nothing exciting, but probably a good idea. I think it's a step in the right direction. Certainly, yeah. I, I, I think the um, I think the issue is is probably slightly more complex than just. Um, than just nerf mining. Um, the, the other. Oh, oh, it is now. It is now because if you nerf mining now, people. Main start topic, to Sham. Okay, I'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep Stum for now then. I blame Sue. <laughs> I blame Sue too. Yeah, you. you, I, have the a, you I have a small rant prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we'll go. We would like to save all the rants up for our main topic, Max. So, so don't worry. You'll you'll be able to unleash soon enough. <laughs> no, no, the trouble is now. I, I've now stoked expectations and got the hype train going. I'm, I'm probably gonna. Everybody's gonna be disappointed now. <laughs> it's like a like an elite dangerous release. <laughs> Right. Well, moving on, so that um, we'll move on quickly, so that your fires will remain stoked. Um, we have um, a few in-game events happening this week. Uh, we do have to point out that all these events are really player-driven. There isn't any new um, Galnet news. There's no uh, community goals, and there probably won't be for quite a while, from what we understand. But moving on. Um, we have the Turning the Wheel event. Now, this is the Dark Wheel expanding. Um, they've won an invasion war in uh, Ani <laughs> Anwyu. Okay, that's that's a decent attempt, I suppose. Uh, and they've they've organised a war of all of the factions in that system, which enable them to leap to second place. I must admit, if they are trying to. Um, get to Sol and to to leave, which I do believe is this is is the um, uh, is the intention. That is going to take an absolute age. Yep. So uh, it's um yes, it's so a long term the, goal, definitely. Yeah. So the the Dark Wheel is expanding, and um, they're they're hoping to expand inside any Anui. I guess I'm, that's number number two, uh, which will take them within ten light years of Sol, and they might be able to go expanding into Sol. Now that's that is something interesting. I don't think is any other outside factions able to expand into Sol. 
I don't. Sol is that. theoretically locked, as far as I'm aware. So, um, yeah, and I, I'm right in thinking is is Sol and a few other systems are basically meant to be BGS locked. Anything yeah. permit locked, uh, minor factions from outside a permit locked system cannot expand into a permit locked system. Uh, that wasn't that the case at the game launch because there is one player minor faction that did expand it, the, um, into Shinrata Desra. Um, but since then, since I don't remember which patch, but it was quite, it was quite a long time ago, but basically you, you won't expand into a permit lock system. Gotcha. But... Um, I think uh, from the turning the wheel point of view, their theory is you don't necessarily have to get into Sol, but if you're in the area, perhaps something will happen. Well, I'm, I'm afraid to say for the Live Radio Network, it might be quite interesting because um, they have one second expansion, uh, which is heading towards us. Um, it looks like the Dark Wheel are going to try and work its way to leave, and then obviously... They say they'll have to take over leave if they want to test this theory they've got. Well, big BGS shifts in leave have never been controversial, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The forum thread itself is now on page 51, apparently. Um, I was going to say something, and I can't remember what it was now. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your train of thought? You, you completely did, yeah. Um, don't matter. Be right. <laughs> It'll come Fair. back to me in about 10 minutes' time. Okay. Um, well, we hope that that comes along soon. Um, in other news... Oh, hang on, Colin. We're getting an update from Kai. Okay. Um, Kai is, I don't actually think they need... I might be wrong here, and Kyle hopefully can correct us. I don't think they need to take over. And Yeah, they've said they're saying that several times. They don't need to take over the system. They just want to get their name on the board, shall we say there. Right, gotcha. So, are we I going think to that's the case. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's how many non-native factions are there in Lave that you can kick out? Because okay, to let so them in, in Lave? we've got Lave Radio to... Network, workers of Lave Liberals, Arrow Universe, uh, Universal. Yeah, they're non-native. You can kick those um, out. Lave Fortune, then native. Lave Inc. Defense Party, Lave. Lave Jet Family. So the only non-native is a rov. Uh, they alliance. Um, no, they are federal. Oh, that's too bad. Um, one thing I was going to ask, I remember I was going to ask now, though, was because the Dark Wheel is not a player faction, mm -hmm. could it potentially move into a permit lock system? I'm not sure that there is technically any difference between a player and a non-player faction. Uh, the mechanics, I think, work the same for all of them. A player okay. faction just has a bit more of a description attached to it, and I, I guess there's some people have their squadrons attached to it as well. But I think as far as BGS mechanics are concerned, they're the same. Uh, player <laughs> Apparently, Psycho, 
they don't have different descriptions it's the systems that have the descriptions it, it, it's actually right. yeah. yeah and it's actually not even it's not even correct the systems should be description the, the, the system descriptions should describe the system itself not the controlling faction because that changes but frontier have allowed us to name to, to describe systems which is a, which is a little bit risky because you know you're controlling your, your faction could be booted out and then the system description would be wrong in in mechanically pmfs are no different from regular factions Grant is saying that he actually really wants the Dark Wheel to take over, um, take over Lave, uh -huh. um, burn the radio station to the ground, right. sacrifice Father to Sol, keep Ben tied up, um, and gagged. Apparently. Oh, um, uh, what, is this what's... some weird psycho cow fetish we've tapped into? Possibly. And I'm, I'm a bit. Concerned. I'm thinking no. that scene out of Pulp Fiction now. What? <laughs> of Father in a gimp suit? Yeah. <laughs> Bring out the gimp. Okay, but let's let's move on here before it gets even weirder. Operation. Grant, can Ida we get the Onion Head uh, song for our adverts, please? Because <laughs> I think he's on some. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Operation Ida, um, they are still working on Renidoc in HIP 2843. Um, there's quite a lot of there to, to shift, but they are making, um, uh, making progress. Uh, and in other news, Operation, uh, the, uh, the Anti-Xenu Initiative ha are working on their own player, fantastic, uh, player CG called The Art of War. Um, they have two remaining goals. They've managed to get a 10 out of 12 done. Um, there are, as of the 10th of July, there are 8,250 Thargoid hearts and 164 Thargoid probes. Um, the, if you can uh, deliver these to the Astras, um, if you deliver a Thargoid heart, you will get a decal for taking part. Um, the closing date for this is the 20th of August. So, uh, if you actually, I think that's about the only thing you can use Thargoid hearts for, isn't it? Uh, you get a bobblehead. Oh, can uh, you not get a bobblehead with Thargoid hearts too? I love <laughs> you go off and kill a Thargoid, get its heart, and turn it into some cosmetic item. It's so grisly, it's so grisly, it's a bit I like ear cutting off bad guys' ears and the wearing was a necklace, really, isn't it? Yep. Some of my yeah. favourite necklaces are made up of bad guys' ears. Oh, okay. I'm good, guys. I actually, well, the idea, I actually like. <laughs> okay, I actually good. like. But because you think about it, all the other cosmetics in the game, pretty much, you can buy with arcs. Yeah. And the Thargoid Heart, the bobblehead and stuff, is the only one you actually need to play, learn to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there should be more rewards like that, where you have to have do an in-game achievement. I don't know, solo a hydra for two bobbleheads or something. Yeah, that sort of effort that you that shows that this person has achieved whatever in the game. Because at one point, Frontier was talking about a decal for people who <coughs> made it to Sag Eye, weren't they, and to a bigger point. Well, yeah. I mean, it did seem that. You got that kind of thing with the the interstellar initiatives, but of course, since the interstellar initiatives are no more, 
just leave that one there. <laughs> I think we no, did get we did get decals for it going on distant worlds one and two. We did, uh, and Canon have got one as well. Sag, I have asked for one several times and never got one, despite yeah. the fact that our logo is awesome. <laughs> and it'd make a great decal. It's just perfect for a decal. Yeah, and it was actually designed by somebody who who worked at Frontier. Not at the time. It was designed by somebody before they joined Frontier. But uh, but yeah, it was designed by a Frontier employee, although he doesn't work there anymore. So what would what was the decal like? Because when you say a sag eye, I kind of like imagine like the Illuminati eye. <laughs> Are you not familiar with the sag eye? Logo. It's very similar to the Garnet logo, I think. It's a swirly. It's it's a it's a it could either be an eye or a galaxy viewed sort of in profile. Yeah, I mean there was a um, there wasn't any newsletter this week, but there was um, some new decals and things, uh, paint jobs rather put in. So, uh, are they pretty, pretty paint jobs, or are they just meh paint jobs? I think they're just meh. They're, they're not as good as the Osiris ones that were that uh, came oh. out not so long back. They're nice. They they, they nice. were nice, uh, but um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing mostly. I think the T9 and the T6 were were um, were done this week. Turbulence yellow and Crossfire brown. Mm. So um. <laughs> That's that's an unfortunate name, isn't it? Crossfire Brown. Anyway, it's it's a, it's a it's an amusing name for the paint job of something that doesn't really look like it would go very fast. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, we all we've had so far has been a store update. So what we'll do um, is before Shan and Mac uh, unleash, <laughs> I would like to take an advert break just for everybody to take stock life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a fucking big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of fucking colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing fucking junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void, with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some fucker comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. 
Are there reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? system travel sometimes it takes so long I have chills for all kinds of circumstances on my ship but the one thing I don't have a tool for is uneven tan lines I just want to look like a million credits but when you're living for days on a ship with processed and filtered air, it really dries out your skin. I use Betterhoe Goldening Tan Cream. It just boosts your confidence. I don't believe that beauty is only skin deep, but now I really do look like a million credits. Even my friends mistook me for a genuine gold skin. Jameson and James. Upgrades and services for your body. And welcome back. Um, we have an interesting discussion, uh, obviously with a lot of pent-up frustration uh, <laughs> in this uh, for you this week. Um, it comes under the title Normalizing Incomes. For example... If one hour of mining gets you 10 million credits, does that mean that one my one hour of um, trading, anti-Xeno uh, anti, uh, initiative, etc., should that also pay out 10 million? Now, first of all, we'll just call quickly around the group. Now, does anybody think that's not a good idea? Yes. Okay, we'll come back to that in a second because I also agree with you on that one. Uh, yes, I think that's not a good idea as well. Mm -hmm. um, the second question is, should we have some activities that have a higher potential, they have the potential for higher earning power rather than others? Obviously, I'm going to say yes to that one, but... Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm going to let Mac go first because this is the kind of thing that we've we're ready to discuss, isn't it? The the fact that everybody's mining at the moment, and that seems to be the only way to make money. Yes, everybody has been mining forever and ever when when did when did when did coal mining go in it was about uh it was beyond over 18 eight. months ago yeah it was yeah. it's a long and mining has been super profitable ever since then it's it's not so much of a gold rush as a gold saunter mm. um it's gold well, rush it, I, I think there should be gold rushes gold rushes are often fun mechanics. It gets people into the game. It gets people to gather around certain systems. And I think uh, community goals are supposed to be some kind of 
were supposed to be gold rushy thing, uh, things, you know, to get people into. And and anybody who mined at Buran, uh, you, you knew there was loads of stuff going on in system chat, and it was quite good fun. But the trouble is, when it's one activity only for so long, it's just. Uh, but, it dest- it destroys the, yeah. the fabric of the game because everybody does mining to get their big shiny, and then the rest of the game is ignored. Yeah, exactly. So what there needs to be, uh, what I think there should be is they've, I, and I think I've, I've said this somewhere else before. I'm sure I have. They, they've got, there is a, there is a BGS. There's all these states, uh, and they could be made use of perhaps a super state that spawns a gold rush, but basically have a gold rush, a gold rush of some kind in the game at all times, but it changes where the gold rush is changes what the gold rush is changes. So sometimes, yeah, it might be mining, but other time, but eventually the, whatever you're mining, the demand gets satisfied. So it just auto nerfs. It doesn't need any action of the devs. Just, satisfying yeah you think all the all the low temperature diamonds that, i mean people have low temperature diamond encrusted spaceships by now i mean <laughs> they must be satisfied so have the, have those basically have a gold rush last i don't know some period of time that's up to the game designers but have some relatively short period of time and then the 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 the, 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 the overarching system behind the bgs can detect that that gold rush has gone away and look for perhaps candidate systems to spawn a new gold rush, and that could be combat related. Uh, you know, for instance, it could be a particularly notorious family of pirates from a nearby be, uh, non-player faction invades a system, and then you have a gold rush slaughtering these guys. Uh, but combat-based gold rush, or a passenger-based one, or a mission-running one, or a trade one, or whatever, whatever. Yeah, there, there's about there's about a dozen different base types of gold rush you can have, but sort of make them move around. And once, once whatever has satisfied that gold rush, um, satisfied it, then it goes away and the BGS looks for something new. Mm. Um, so instead of just equalizing all everything, so everything pays roughly the same per hour, you, you have gold rushes, but you keep, you make sure they, keep moving on and it'll also add another gameplay element because there are people who like to hunt these things down so there'll, there'll be people who look you know perhaps look to influence the bgs to spawn a, a certain kind of gold rush next or whatever and, and it, it it brings out other other opportunities for uh various gameplay elements and all that so yeah i i think just just equalizing the credits per hour is just I don't know. It 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 it, it yeah. seems a bit of a blunt instrument, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 yeah. It just seems like the easy way. It, I mean, it seems like a very unsatisfying unsatisfying way out of it. When we obviously do have some kind of gold rush mechanic in there, uh, but the trouble is, it's kind of it's kind of got locked on. It's it, it's it's like it's got hysteresis. It's locked in this one thing and won't ever budge. So anyway, that's that's my that's my little rant. Uh, so whoever whoever's next in line to rant can now rant on. Okay, this this is going to be shun. Everybody, brace yourselves. <laughs> um, Horses. I I 
Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with what Max just said. Um, <clears throat> but I would say it's too late to do anything about it now. And if I can be completely frank and open about it, um, it appears to me, my personal opinion, not that of Ray Radio or anyone I know, it appears to my opinion that no one at Frontier had the balls to do anything about it. And the, way, the only way to fix the economy now is to take serious amounts of mind credit away from people because the state of neglect it's got into has done as much, if not more, damage to the game than engineering. Hmm. Now, this is... Okay, Souverain, you're next. Yeah, I think uh, I agree that... Um... I agree that with Max's point that um, that you do actually that you do that just just nerfs and and hard balances and everything would be uh, wouldn't be the full solution. I think it might be part of a solution because you would have um, because it wouldn't it wouldn't funnel everybody into the same activity. But um, but I think uh, I think the other thing is that there are gold rushes and there are gold rushes like. Um, uh, there are gold rushes in that every, that that give an egregious amount of money for um for something which isn't that fun and and um and isn't intended um and then there are gold rushes which are legitimate activity which give a decent amount of money more than is comparable elsewhere and and the latter i think aren't bad things and actually if you have as as max said if you if you had sort of cgs and things that that were that fulfilled the role of the latter and were just the, the you know the exciting way to make money this week, and that and that they rotated through different things. Like you know, one week it might be piracy because of something. Um, as long as that, as long as the the numbers involved aren't aren't game breaking, that would actually be really fun. That would that, that would be really varied. I'd really enjoy that. Okay, it would, it would require a bit more um, active management though. Okay, back to back to you, Shan, and then we'll go to Ben. Um, yeah, because I said earlier that certain activities should pay different rates so to be more uh, well to be less communist for example um the sorts of things it should be the the skill level and risk should be the determinant as to the amount an activity pays so for example um People say, well, exploration should have higher payouts. Well, yes, it should because it takes longer, but the risk is less than, say, combat in, in, in house res because you can max your ship, ship out with shields and house res and semi-AFK shooting things. So the risk and skill need to be the determining factor as to what pays out. But I think maybe the... The um, the question is, is is in itself makes an assumption that credits are now the de facto way of measuring progress, and I I, I sincerely think they're not because there mm. are other ways of determining progress than numbers going up. However, by design choices and the way they communicated and staggered the rewards, Frontier have made credits. The main determining factor is progress, and I think that is another thing that needs to be looked at: is our whole perception of what is rewarding in game needs to be shifted. Okay, uh, Ben. Ben. 
It does help if I unmute my microphone, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I... Oh, I'm busy typing away to Alan about his book, which is awesome, and it's been getting some really great reviews, okay? Okay. And you didn't want me hearing me going click, 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 click. Yes. But yes, Alan's got a new book out. It's getting some great reviews. Read it when you can. Uh, so there, Alan gets a free plugity plug. Um, anyway, um, I do feel that your, the reward you get should be worth your, your time, sort of times your risk. I've, I've long felt that. Um, and we just don't get that in Elite, sadly. Um, but one, one thing that I keep hearing, and I keep hearing it from Frontier as well, is like, you know, we added this in as a special case to do this, and we added this in as a special case to do this, and we added this in as a special case to do this. It's no chuffing wonder nothing works. Can you can you explain what you mean by these special cases? So, can you give an example or two. Okay, as an example or two, we were talking about low temperature diamonds earlier. Yeah, we low temp low temperature diamonds. You were saying have got a special there's there's special mechanics that go off and check: are they selling low temperature diamonds or are they selling void opals? And if they are, then when they go off and sell their ten, when they go and sell their ten bazillion void opals, well, tough. They're they're getting the shaft because they're not allowed to sell ten bazillion or void opals, and we're just going to take away half their money. Whereas if they're selling ten bazillion low temperature diamonds, that's okay. Um, you know, it should be the same. All bulk commodities should essentially be the same. You're right there, Colin. Um, all. So if you're doing bulk trading, all bulk commodities should be handled the same. Uh, and yes, there should definitely be, the price point should be manipulated based on the state of the system, the demand of the system, the amount that you're selling. It is a derived amount rather than a, you know, we're, we're going off and we're buying low temperature diamonds for 1.6 million. It's, well, at this station, at this moment, this is the case, this, 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 and you're selling this, therefore, we'll offer you 1.4 million credits for your full load of diamonds. Thank you very much, sir. I, I um, think what we're seeing, Ben, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, but it should be the same whether it's low-temperature diamond. It should be the same for all commodities. Get rid of all the special cases. Yeah, same I agree. I completely agree with that. that so all that's right. what I mean by the special cases and just... Get rid of them all, and it should be the same, obviously, for whether you're bounty hunting, xeno hunting, whatever. You know, don't make special cases. Just and then you get to actually, you, it's one set of decision trees that need to be tested. You're not writing spaghetti code. It just makes everything a lot simpler and a lot more predictable by the devs. I think it's what we're seeing is what happens. I think what we're seeing is what happens when you try and tack on a player-driven economy, i.e., carriers, to a game that was never designed to have it. But we've been having this since not the not way, the way people have been using carriers to dump. No, Shan. People. The whole worth. point of this stuff was that people were using low-temperature diamonds to buy their millions. We the problem existed before fleet carriers. Yeah. Um, I'll have to agree with that. The, the problems seem to uh, exist when, um, obviously, when deep core mining came out, people worked out that, oh, you can make an awful lot of money off um, uh, void opals. Void opals. 
when you combine it with the uh, the EDDB tools and things like that, as soon as you know exactly where the gold rushes are, you you know there isn't that wonderful little bit of surprise like oh I've just stumbled across a gold rush, I just happen to have void opals in my in the back, I'm going to make a lot of money. Um, it 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 was impossible to to get that kind of feeling and that kind of thing had been lost. Um, I do suspect that you know they have left the. Uh, low temperature diamonds open so that people can afford fleet carriers, but, but I mean, uh, sorry, it, it well just let me finish because but the, the the downside of all this is that it has spoilt the early game if you like. What early because, game? Give it five minutes, you're already an end game. Exactly, that's my problem because um, people are. I mean, in my opinion. As I've said before, I've really enjoyed when you've gone from the Sidewinder up to about the Cobra. And a lot of people are missing that. And you can see that they're missing it because they don't know how to fly anacondas, right? And it's it's easy picking for pirates. But, yeah. Um, Shan, we'll go back to you. Um, yeah, uh, we, we keep circling... Well, I keep circling back in my mind to kind of events is that... First of all, as I said, it's the it's the now focus of the player base that credits his progression. Because if we could get away from that mindset, then the drive to always mind stuff, the, the, the need to do that diminishes. So if there were other reward mechanics that players could, if you like, latch onto that did not involve the creation of credits and that they found as emotionally rewarding mm-hmm. then it kind of lessens the impact i think of um of mining all the time and yeah, I yeah. I, just, I, I like can i just cover this just what you're saying just there that how about if you're when you're mining you get an option of saying okay well you can sell this for 1.6 million credits per ton or you get five arcs per ton mm. Oh, I don't, I don't like the the idea of actually selling your your stuff directly for arcs. To be honest, that, well, let's is, say you isn't get that a, a like isk in in Eve. Maybe, maybe, but you kind of get where I'm going with that train of thought. The other thing is, is you mentioned Colin about you know how carriers are really easy to get. Well, I thought the whole point of pricing at five billion. Mm-hmm was to help make them, if you like, an, in quotes, prestige item that had the same purpose of, I don't know, legendary armor in a... Yes, uh, but then everybody went, wah, 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 where's my fleet carrier? I want one too. How dare you go and make it five billion? Well, yeah, but that's tough. If I was kind of... Spread their cheeks and said, come on in. (laughs) Well, that's right, and that's why I cannot help but lay, not the blame, but I cannot help but lay the responsibility for the whole single-track mining and everything only at Frontier's door. I I can't blame the players because, you know, easy money. And if that's being portrayed as the the way progression happens, then of course players are going to go to that. So in terms of the, the main topic about equalizing the economy, the only people who can fix it is Frontier, I'm afraid. I don't okay. think players well, are able to. 
We'll stop you there for a second. Um, Psycho Cow, you've got something to say. Yeah, it was just really about the um, concept of having arcs for in-game, um, you know, where you specifically do an in-game thing to receive an arcs in return in-game. Um, when we first were chatting about the introduction of arcs, one thing that concerned us was that it would become this in-game currency uh, as opposed to a reward for in-game actions. It's kind of not really part of the game. And then the interface had it in your face and then, you know, there was feedback and they took that out. I don't see how they would be able to do something along those lines where you could choose for arcs as a reward in-game. It just doesn't work well with the the kind of lore or that system being a kind of almost like an award-based system on the side that you can use to get skins, which again, um, you don't buy in-game either. You don't like going to the paint shop in-game and pick up stuff. So they kind of yeah. do need to be separate, but that was just when he said that. I thought, oh no, that I don't see how they could. That would break that fourth, fifth wall. It doesn't really exist, but it would break it anyway. Oh, right, that's a good point in my opinion. Um, Sovereign. Yeah, I think um, it, I think it's easy to get derailed by the arcs comment. Um, I think I, I think that uh, re- rewarding uh, anything with arcs. It's a terrible idea because it because um, it bridges the gap between real money and game money. Um, but um, but the, the the idea of rewards other than money is uh, is uncontroversial. They already do that with um, with missions and things, and that works quite well. I don't see the, I don't see a reason why that couldn't be an option. I mean, the main reason that I've I've been a bit miffed about this is because it is the progression that. You know, moving up the the ship tree, if you like, does seem to have its uh, sticking points. In the original game, I thought that the they'd got it about right going from Sidewinder to Cobra, but then after you left the Cobra, there were there were horrible long bits where you were flying around in just an ASP uh, and or and a T six, or even even worse, the T seven. Just trading and grinding. Don't you say grinding. nothing about the T seven? I loved that ship. Yeah, but the, I got blown up. You get bored of them, and you know that the next ship was too far away, and you just thought, "Oh God, why am I doing this?" That that that's when the grind really bites. Okay, so you're doing it wrong if you're grinding. Then yeah, I know when I was in inverted commas leveling up, I always had one bulk trader well after I got past the sidewinder I had one bulk trader and one multi-role combat oriented ship um, and I basically used the appropriate ship for doing whatever I fancied well I mean that's that, well, that's great for you but at the moment the, the main issue was that most new players wouldn't do that they'd get so far up the tree and then they'd find themselves in this kind of grind loop and found it to be the only way to make money. It's the same with the LTDs, but this way they get too much money. Anyway, um, Sean, back to you. Yeah, I was about to say, Colin, is I think to some respect, and I include myself a little bit, we've all drunk the ships are gain progression Kool-Aid. Um, ships are not gain progression. They are tools. And what credits should be is an enabler to allow you to use a particular tool the way you want to use it. So ships are not game progression. They're, they're, they're an enabler. 
or that's what they should be in my view anyway. And we've been fed lines like, oh, the big three ships or the big four, if you count the type 10 or this, you know, there, there is a progression ladder of ships. Well, there isn't. It's it, the tools. They represent your character at the moment in game. So if, if in MMO terms, the ship is almost like your class in MMO. Why do you keep banging this drum, Sham? You're on your own. Nobody agrees with you. Frontier talk about the progression of the ships. They talk about them as in a linear scale. That your experience of ship to ship is most people's lived experience of playing the game. They are they are they are most people's short, medium, and long term goals. Why why does it matter so much that they are the way that people view track their progress? Why is that that then? then, Because that then leads to the fixation on credits. But credits are just credits are a way of putting a value around something that should be fun to do on its own. Most most video games have some kind of form of in-game money, whether it's like like whatever that they that they give you. But the fundamental core gameplay loop isn't isn't supposed to be boring. It's supposed to be fun, and and the and the and the money that you get is a is is a way of managing your progress beyond that gameplay loop. So Um, so why is it then? So, so, why so, so basically, you're saying so. Essentially, you're either saying that we need more currencies, which I completely disagree with, or you're saying that the gameplay is boring, which is a very different point. Oh, I'm not saying either. I'm saying I'm asking the question: Is why is it most players say, "Oh, I love the game until I got to this X, Y, Z," or the I when I had a Cobra was when I was happiest, or I love the the, the trip from. Sagittarius uh, to from Sol to Sag A in a hauler. It, you know, it's it's about how we choose to use the tools that creates the fun. It's the, I'm going to completely agree that Shan is right with the credits are an enabler, but I also agree with what I think you're kind of saying, Suv, that your ship is essentially your character at the moment. Well, no, that's what Shan say. I, 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 I don't... Okay, and that can say I agree with Shan twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't see, I don't see a problem with ships being with ships being viewed as your progress. I do agree that there is arguably a late game fatigue in Elite. I've been playing a lot of um, yeah. Total Total Warhammer at the moment, and uh, and which is one of the best games I've ever played in my life. It is completely bloody brilliant. Um, but that game, both games, Total Warhammer One and Total Warhammer Two, suffer from uh, from late game fatigue, which is. You are one of the two or three biggest civilizations on the map. You've got all the money, all the, the armies. You're a bit of a monolith. Nobody can realistically wipe you out. But equally, your, your roadmap to becoming hegemon and wiping out all the other factions is it's long and like extremely in miserable. A lot of other games like, like Fallout and things like that. Yeah. Like, like, I, Fallout, I, I, you are essentially god of all the factions. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a strategy game thing, late game fatigue. But it's and, and and the way that strategy games get around that is by the use of AI directors. They're called, which are um, so in RimWorld, you'll be familiar with this, Ben. In in RimWorld, you have um, you choose your AI director at the beginning of the game, which is a um, which determines the the scale and nature of random events. So you can choose one that throws lots of damaging random effects at you, events at you, sorry, like, you know, like a, a plague or a, a, a volcano or something, or an alien invasion or something that you have to deal with that keep the game interesting right up until the late game. Um, and um, and they scale as well. 
Yeah. So, so, so late game fatigue is definitely a thing. It is definitely not a problem that is born out of people viewing their ships as, as, as a means of progression. It is a structural problem with game design that, that requires a completely different set of solutions, I think. I, 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 I mean, it's funny that, that you mentioned that. Um, it's funny. Keep going, Colin. I think somebody just dropped out. Oh, have we lost? No. I think Colin? it was, was it Colin? <laughs> We we had a Colin. Am I am I back? We yeah, have a Colin. Back. Right. Um the, the point that I was making was that um it's ironic that people don't see the ships as uh, progression because in previous games that's exactly what they were. The idea in in Frontier, the the Frontier or was to get, you know, the biggest ship you could as well as getting the rank. The idea in Elite itself was uh, you know, you've got to get your Cobra to be an INS. And and an elite dangerous, your your goal is to be able to bask in her glory. <laughs> yes, the laud- laudable goal, absolutely. When I say ships are unable and, and not progression is, I, as, as you know, I tend to think of, of games like this in MMO terms. And your ship is your, I believe, the equivalent of your class. Yeah, your character really, isn't it? So, in an MMO, your character, yes, it may get stronger, uh, or it may have different abilities, but you can't say it's um, it's, pu- it's purely progression because people enjoy mucking about in smaller ships. They they enjoy that. If it's all about progression, I, I don't know. I, I yes, I may now, I may be in a minority, but well, I, I just I will, can't I help but think people are missing a trick. By well, focusing on chips and credits, and I do, I do agree with that. I do agree that the, with the fact that there is no good reason to stay in a Viper beyond hour ten is um, is probably a structural problem with the game. Um, and actually, there's tons of fun to be had in in small ships, and there's not a great deal of incentive to fly them. Once you, I, um, anyways, I do feel that they missed a trick because a suggestion that took David Braben's uh, fancy was that in some missions a certain ship is required to complete that mission. And it did feel that if that had been implemented, then, you know, people would be trying out the different ships. They, would, they wouldn't be this mass rush to get to the, the biggest, uh, you know, the big three, as everyone keeps on referring to them. Um, it, it's just, a, it feels, what with everybody focusing on the mining, it just feels like the rest of the game doesn't really exist. It's ironic, though, because basically we've now got the highest player numbers we've ever had in the game, according to Steam. So everybody, something must be right about it. I remember David Braben once saying that, that grind is important. Um, and I remember thinking, what planet are you on? Um, but, you know, the only way you can... The only, if, you're, if you are deciding whether to keep the servers running, the only decision that really... The you know the only metric that really matters are how many players are playing and how long are they playing for, um, and um, uh, and David Bobrin's comment that that grind is important for for game design like maybe that's right maybe that maybe the reason that Elite is enjoying such a boom at the moment is because everybody's been given something to just grind at relentlessly. Because well, the game is easy mode, and um, people don't like people like easy mode, so easy mode attracts players. Uh, anyway, uh, 
I talk you ship progression. I'm enjoying the hell out of this dolphin. I've been exploring this dolphin since God knows when. I think the expedition, the the previous expedition to this one, because this is like part two, this is the journey home, started in right, so long ago, I can't even remember. I've been in the dolphin, the whole thing. And you can have your anaconda. I think the dolphin is one of the one of the best it's very accessible. I think it's one of the best exploration ships out there. It has a really good fuel scoop, scoops fuel quickly. Doesn't go quite as far as an anaconda in a jump, but it's got enough slots that you can do all the exploration stuff in it. So don't get an anaconda when you go exploring, get a dolphin. I'm actually I'm almost gonna agree with that. So, I mean maybe not the dolphin, that's something I've never really flown a lot of, but I very much agree that just don't get yourself into an anaconda or a cutter and stay there. Change from your cutter back down to a cobra. Change from your change into an anac- into an ass. I actually engineered a, co- a cobra as well. Yeah, and a fully engineered cobra is a thing of beauty. The the only a problem I have with the, the cobra is that the uh, two of the hard points don't converge well, and I put the mm. railguns there. I should. Swap them. I should have the railguns and the close together ones, the, yeah, the beams that's... on the. I have a fully engineered Cobra 4. Oh, you are a sixth status. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um... Self flagellation for the win. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good mining ship. It is a really good mining ship. It's got more, I think it has, uh, I think this is correct, it has more potential internal space than a keelback. Um, possibly a Type 6. Uh, but um, because it's got lots of quite large internal slots, uh, but it handles not too much more poorly than a Cobra Three. No, but the Cobra Three has got speed, though. Yeah, the Cobra Four yeah. does not have speed. And maneuverability. I'm the miner um, because I, I don't like uh, I don't like mining. So having a small ship for mining is is preferable for me because it um, it increases the or it decreases the time between return trips. Um, so it, and it's brilliant for that. It's really, really good as a miner. And you can see your you can see your gubbins, you can see your your mining apparatus on the front of the thing because the hard points of you are visible from the cockpit, which mm-hmm. I really like. So it's quite immersive. That's what it's I like about bit... crate as well. Yes, yes, so much. I can see those rail guns beside me, and they bam, bam in a conflict zone. It's just, it's yeah, just it's electrifying, awesome. especially in in VR. It's so good. In oh VR. yes, in <laughs> VR, in VR, the crate is just it, it's fantastic. Mac, have you, so have you ever thought? Sort of, sorry, since we sort of agreed that things are out of kill set, what would people do to correct things? Uh, correct. What in terms of the the oh I'm grinding and grinding and grinding until I can get an anaconda. Oh, now I'm now I'm bored. That and how would you move people away from mining twenty four by seven and into other parts of the game? It would require more active management, I think, from Frontier, which means that you know, no, for example, the opposite, Suv. Oh, finish what you're saying, and then I'll say why I think the opposite. So uh, I, I, I know what you're going to say, and you think by active management I mean price fixing, but that's not what I mean. Um, I mean, for example, a CG. This week we're going to this week we're going to um, uh, we're going to do something with piracy, and, and the payouts for piracy will be really high. This week we'll be doing, you know, and and that would be something like 150 percent of normal 
galactic average earnings um you know with an optimized ship for a specific task um next week will be will the cg will be something to do with exploration and that will be the 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 that'll be the the gold rush for that week um i i do agree that frontier need to be a bit more laissez-faire about um about markets and just and just i, th- I think letting the letting the market self correct for for trade goods would be would be better than um than sort of sort of faffing around with specific uh, cases the okay okay so i would say frontier should actually almost possibly do the opposite at least for the base game um and by the base game i mean the the i mean everything everything apart from frontier injected stuff basically so yeah, frontier needs to work out a a base credit per hour that all activities should get assuming that they were all equal risk and reward. And then obviously you then apply a multiplier based on combat maybe gets 1.3 times base, uh, mining gets 0.75, anti-thargoid gets two times base or something. You know, you work at Frontier in their maths, go off and work out things that they, that they feel are fair, fixed price points per hour that should be that they want people to be getting. Then once you've got that worked out, then you go off and you apply all the BGS manipulations to where you're doing things. So there's still a hell of a lot of fluctuation in the galaxy. You know, obviously, if you're handing in and doing bounty hunting in a system that is, um, oh, that's got, is under civil unrest, you're going to get a lot more credits per hour for doing bounty hunting there than you are for going off and delivering, um, I don't know, um, oh, let's just say low-temperature diamonds for sake of argument. You know, they probably don't give a shit about your low-temperature diamonds. On the other hand, they do want you going out there and hunting pirates. But we've also got to take into account the fact that some people at endgame in inverted commas have several bazillion credits um who knows how however many billion um and other people still at the same end game maybe only have one billion or less and maybe that needs to be dealt with i don't know maybe the codes come along during the odyssey update and Steal all your money, so you've got zero credits or something. <laughs> um, and, and and at the same time, you go off and do your uh, go off and do the normalization, so that now you get a fair fair amount of money for b- bounty hunting, as you would do for bulk trading, as you would do for uh, rare goods, and so on. Yeah. Okay. Mac. Okay. Now. Here's one that I, uh, I, one thing that uh, about the whole mining situation, that kind of it feeds into it feeds into a bit of a bigger thing which I think needs fixing. Um, all these mining said Buran, low security. The current the the new Buran is an anarchy. But where are the pirates? You got all these people with holds full of absurdly expensive commodities. And you know, you go into solo mode or whatever. You you can just you can fly and sell them 
with absolute impunity. I think what, what really another part of this needs to be wherever there is a gold rush, there needs to very shortly after gold rush starts, the, it needs to become a hive of scum and villainy, of engineered. Uh, you know, you know, you know the the ships you get, the 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 ships you get, like the spec ops in conflict yeah. zones, and what, what's the other ones? The, 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 when you do like a, not necessarily the ATR, but the um, what the hell are we called? The 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 ones you do like. The, the, or there's there's like missions you, you get on the mission board the the wing missions where you get like four engineered pirates uh, which can prove prove to be quite a challenge when you try and solo them but it would mean that there there is it, it would put the risk in there I mean because okay, now you've got this this activity which is a a reward out of all gargantuan proportions uh and now if there were these if it if this attracted the hive of scum and villainy then you'd add the risk and you know you would have to have a bit of an iron ass you don't necessarily have to fight but you do need you can't just go in there and a like a min maxed no shield cutter to pick up as much stuff as you want you do have to consider maybe asking a friend along to join a wing and deal with the pirates or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, that would be really good. It, it's, it, you've, got to, you've got to add the risk to it. And yeah. there's no reason why mining, very high, this highly, highly profitable mining, should be safe. And in general, this is another thing um, which kind of grinds my gears, is that the security status really doesn't matter. In, in the original Elite, it did. You fly into an anarchy in, on the BBC Micro version of Elite without a decent ship, and you'll get blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started on Elite Dangerous, I, I selected my first anarchy, and I was all like prepared for it, and like, what's going to happen? And nothing happened. And now I don't even look at the security status. It's just, yeah, meh. It doesn't, it's meaningless. So yeah. the, these things need to actually have meaning. And with the amount of computing power we have now, we can, we can also make it somewhat con- 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 uh, sensitive to what you're doing. So if you're just flying through a system and you've got nothing of value, then you'll get left alone. But if, you've got, if you're full of low-temperature diamonds and you go into an anarchy, every pirate within 15 light years should be on you. Yeah. Well, that, that, that means if it's a populated anarchy, of course. Because that's the thing, because you don't want it set up so that every anarchy you go through, if you've got something valuable well, yeah. when you're exploring. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, indeed. But uh, if, you're, if you're 2,000 light years from home, then yeah, no. I, but in a fixed location like um, the new Buran, uh, that would end up being an exception because that is definitely not, I mean, okay, there's no stations there, but it's full of, it's full of ships. Uh, but yeah, like in grey uh, EOQ RD dash ID ten dash two, yeah, no, there shouldn't be anything there. That's Kel? one of the things that gets my goat actually the most in the game is uh, the spawning of pirates, uh, almost seemingly random. So much so that you can find yourself a little hotspot 
in a mining asteroid field, sit there and mine there, completely undisturbed by anyone because you're way out in the middle of nowhere. You log off, you log back in. Oh, gosh, two pirates. How the hell did they find me? You make a jump on your way back to drone sell your stuff. Oh, you're here's the big ship you heard about. Heard about from flipping well who? Who the hell's talking? Because there's no one else in my ship. I haven't even got any crew because they can't trust them. They keep selling my information to pirates. So I think I think if you want to to bring that kind of uh, diversity into the game where you have the anarchies as dangerous areas, you need to have meaningful points at which that information can be garnered. If you're in a station, you take a mission, then it's understandable that someone's been tipped off. Uh, if you buy yeah. a lot of cargo in a station, that's understandable. Other than that, it has to come from a ship scan of some sort. And if you want to force potential for that, it's time to start using the nav points as they should be, the bits where you are forced to drop in when they exist. So if there's a nav beacon, you drop in there. That forces you to face um, police and authorities scanning for contraband. That will force you to have to fight your way past an anarchy or where all the pirates will be waiting for that fat cow that comes in. Uh, and it will create a real sense of danger. It's a point where you know ships are going to appear. And therefore, if you are going to take on a task where you're pirating, that's where you're going to sit and it will make sense, as opposed to waiting for beacons to appear near the star. Um, you know, oh, there's a ship just jumped in now. I'll chase him around in supercruise. It doesn't make sense. What are the nav points for? What are they for, those nav beacons? Make them do something special, because in that circumstance, if you land there and you've got a hold full of ice, diamonds sitting there or whatever yeah low temperature diamonds I always call my day I don't know why but I always do low temp diamonds in your hall and you've not been caught nobody knows you've got it and you've got another 20 odd jumps to go and you arrive in that first nav beacon and there's all these bounty hunters hunting out pirates and there's a couple of pirates you are going to sweat buckets out your ass as you try and get as far away as possible as quickly as possible evading the scan detected message to try and break that lock mm -hmm. in order to get away undisturbed so that you can continue incognito and that I think would add a whole load of gameplay Oh, I must admit, I completely agree to that. Um, Chan, what do you think? Um, yeah, I was going to agree oh. with everything uh, Carol just said, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put a however. It's far too late for that. It's, it's uh, people who, you know, if you're sitting there with 50, 100, 200, 1,000 billion credits, you're kind of done, to be honest. And and that's why we want codes to come along and steal all your stuff. When honestly, it doesn't matter. Well, it it doesn't. It's too. If you walk late. back into your thing, if all this stuff had happened, if all this if all this stuff had happened that Colin and Cal was talking about just now, if that had happened when Beyond hit, it would have been brilliant. That would have been the perfect time to introduce that. We've now had two years of free money printing, assisted by Frontiers. I won't say neglect, but that's what I mean. And <laughs> it's too late. Oh, God, I'm waiting for you to say another word other than neglect here. It just is. The, the only way to fix it is to change the, what motivates a player to play or 
take credits away from people. I suggested uh, semi-seriously you deduct mm. one million credits per turn of mind. It's low temperature diamonds are still 1.6 million credits, so you not exactly won't be losing out, but you'll take an awful lot of money out of the economy. I just love the idea of code. You know, when code go off and take, because co code now control uh, Zeons, don't they? Do they? So, I'm, I'm do fairly, they I think they do. I think they they're already wrong about it. Yeah, let code take over Zeons, and then they just suddenly steal all the money from all the players. Oh, I imagine the salt. Yeah, the, this is the, the same thing that we were discussing a couple of weeks back. This is yeah. what would be good for the game, but can you imagine the salt? <laughs> I don't think you'd get away with. Um, I don't think you'd get, get away with it, with taking. I, the I don't think you would either. But it would be so. Yeah, kind of bolted. This the economy is something that you get right from the beginning, and you don't screw around with or. Or you just deal with inflation. Infla inflation. So Gone. How do you fix it though? If you, I don't, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't think it's fixable. If, you, if you've already got, you know, if you've already got, um, if if people like I, I for example, have something like two two billion credits in the game. I think it's not 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 as many as a lot of people. It's in the top ten percent comfortably. I am realistically not going to be particularly moved by things like gold rushes because i don't care i'm not saving up for anything um the um really it's it's about new players and the and the, the argument is oh well you know you're removing the step ladder for new players you know new players are, are going to be punished compared to older ones and they, they, they or, or or earlier players and they won't they won't have the same advantages and they won't be able to get stuff in the same way that is a logical fallacy because actually what you've done is improved the experience for new players and you've improved it over time but it is a persuasive argument and it would it would it would persuade frontier to be timid in their approach well i must admit i mean apart from psycho cows suggesting that um the the you get spam messages from the bank of zeons and as soon as you click on that and then you lose all your money <laughs> <laughs> or even worse, about introducing trembles again that will just basically eat everything, including your bank balance. <laughs> yeah. um, a massive, yeah, a yeah. massive Thargoid invasion that destroys everybody's fleet carriers. Ooh. <laughs> We're back into the salty, com the salty comments again, aren't we? Or even better, a Thargoid attack that completely destroys Zeons. So that means everybody loses their money, and you've just got what your assets are. Well, and on that note, I think I think we're um, I think yes, uh, I think we've finished with this conversation because we're all in kind of agreement that something needs to be done, but it's also a bit too late to do it. Is that about right? That's the gist yeah, I'm getting. I think, yeah, I think I think broadly, uh, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not convinced that something needs to be done really. Um, I, I always think that one thing that is true of humans generally all throughout history is that we, we over-prescribe. Um, so, you know, the answer to, uh, the answer to problems we, we always think is to, to tear things down and start again, whereas actually tweaking things or regulating things a bit better is, is often solves the problem. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily, I agree that there is an imbalance and that, and it's not an ideal, uh, and that the, the economy of elite isn't ideal. I disagree that it's necessarily a huge problem. Um, I, for, I, I, I actually don't care. Um, and, um, 
and lots of players only really oh, care yeah. about their own experience and and the and whether or not other people are richer than them or have had opportunities that they opportunities that they haven't is is a pretty academic question really if it doesn't impact your your experience of playing the game um and um and I'm, I'm also not convinced that um uh, I, I think there's enough that, that there's enough that needs to be worried about. Um, and in terms of in terms of fixes that would solve that would not necessarily solve the problem perfectly, but 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 make it enough of make it as you know less of a problem. Simply rebalancing other activities so that they are comparable to mining would um, would achieve the you know we'd all stop complaining if that happened. So it's not necessarily the ideal solution, but it would at least be a solution. Yeah, but then that throws out the balance for players who are just starting, and they just go straight up to the the highest ship again. Yeah, 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 yeah it would. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really see a problem with that. Given given that people are going to complain if they can't do that, I, I don't really see a particular problem. And it it, it feels like moralising, basically saying that new players shouldn't be allowed to do that when they vocally say they want to, feels like moralising hand moralising hand wringing. You know, if if yes, okay, it is broken if a new player can go from naught to an anaconda in three hours. But if that's what they want and it doesn't impact you, why care? Because we know better, damn it. We we've we had to you know, us oldies had to do the grind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, logical fallacy is when we had to walk. But it's a logical fallacy because it doesn't no, impact you. It doesn't impact we, you at all. You know, it's the same for. That's a bit like old people saying, "Oh, you know, it's it's a travesty. You lot can jet around the world on on cheap on cheap flights." Back in my day, all I had to do was mm-hmm. suck on broken glass. You know, back in nineteen twelve. Somebody else's experience right. doesn't impact you. Well, that's the thing. It does because basically, um, you've been there for the last two, three years grinding to get that A-rated anaconda, and long term experience. And um, Mr. Newby, yeah, he's, he's come along and done it in three hours. I don't, I don't think that changes your experience. I mean, for those three years, you didn't even know that that person existed. Um, I, I really, I, you might, you know. But how would you feel if you've, you've gone off and spent, you had to spend because there was no other way of doing it. You spent, say, a whole year grinding to get to elite rank. And then somebody comes along and does this in 48 hours by shooting Thargoids all day long or something. You just shrug. Not... No, I mean, it, no, I, I just shrug. I, I, it, I'm not I, a child. I think if you not... would just think, if you would just shrug, shrug, I really think you're in the minority with that. I think you would feel very. You're you're you were robbed. No, the, the, if those hours were fun, no, it's... The, <laughs> but they are taking the Mickey out of the work that you had to put in. It's not to get your that. rank. If I considered it was if I if I considered it work, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> if, 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 it's, if, if those hours were fun, then I've got nothing to regret. If they weren't yeah. fun, what the hell was I doing playing it anyway? Right. I, on I, that I, note, I, we'll, just, we'll just jump in before everything gets a little bit heated <laughs> again. Okay. I, um, oh, I quickly, def- Mac, last I, point. I can defuse this whole heatedness because I have found an ammonia world that is the colour of poo. (laughs) Congratulations, Mac. You win the game. (laughs) I I was just about to say, um, there's a quote from Yes Prime Minister that springs to mind when we're talking about the economy 
and things like that in in elite and it goes something like this um well we follow the four stage strategy what's this standard British response in time of crisis. In stage one, we say nothing is going to happen. Stage two, we say something may be about to happen, but we should do nothing about it. In stage three, we say that, well, maybe we should do something about it, but there's nothing we can do. In stage four, we say maybe there was something we could have done, but it's too late now. Isn't that what we that, said about COVID? That, that sounds so, so familiar about so many things in this country in the last four years anyway um moving let us move on from this this um heated discussion um community corner now i do believe um Souverine, you have something to let us know about um sagittarius i yes so uh i uh, important news from us that doesn't necessarily important for for the people involved, but doesn't really impact anybody else. Um, so after three years, uh, I am going to take us. I'm not stepping down. I'm taking a step back um, because I have um, I've been uh, I've been chief editor of Sagai since um, probably since late. 2017, late 3303. The magazine was founded by Commander Whitman in the uh, in the September of 3303, and I took over in I think the uh, the October or the November. Um, and since then, I've I've been I've been running it, and um, uh, it has been an absolute blast. It has been tremendous fun, um, and uh, and I have loved what we've built, and I still love it, and I will continue to love it, and I'm very very proud of it indeed. Um, however. I uh, I now have quite a few publishing projects um, across a range of different topics, and um, and I increase. I also went. Um, uh, I also moved from uh, paid employment to freelance work about eighteen months ago, um, which means that, uh, that you get a. I don't know if anybody else here is freelance, but you get a much keener sense of the uh, of how you're spending your time and its potential, uh, and what you should be doing with it. Um, and um, and uh, long story short, I am now spread very thin. Um, Sagittarius I is uh, is is still one of the most exciting projects uh, to do with Elite Dangerous. It's it's unique. There's nothing else like that in the in the Elite community. There aren't any other magazines. Um, it's uh, it is very special. Um, and uh, and it has become clear over the last couple of years that it is also completely owned. By the community, uh, I may control it, um, but that is a that is a temporal thing. And really, Sagittarius I is not owned by any one person. It is the product of many, many people, and it belongs to the, to the entire community. Um, so um, we're at quite an important point for well, th this year is is quite an important transition year for Elite, really, and um, and it will prove to be so for Sagittarius I as well because um, we've been around for quite a long time now. We're considered one of part of the old guard um, as far as the community goes. Um, and um, uh, and elite is um, an elite is obviously moving in an exciting new direction uh, next year. Um, and um, so uh, and I, I just feel that we need fresh energy and fresh direction and fresh leadership for Sagai. Um, and uh, and I am being pulled in too many different directions to be able to give it my uh, to the the attention that it deserves. So. Um, 
so we the, the, we've we've done quite a lot of uh, not just about about me but also lots of other things we've done quite a lot of soul searching behind the scenes and, and talking about um how we might uh, how we might address odyssey and and all the rest of it um and um, and one thing that's come out of this is that um mac winston who is also an inflatable guest on this show um is uh is easily one of the strongest editors we've had at sagai and um a thoroughly decent and very smart chap um and i've been very lucky to have his enormous help over the last uh, year or so that he's been with sagai um I'm very lucky that somebody like him is available to uh, to help uh, drive Sagai forward. So after talking with him, um, we have decided that he is going to step up to the position of chief editor for, of Sagai, and I'm going to t step back to a sort of, um, we, we've, well, Ben made up the role of alumni editor, um, which is, uh, I guess, I guess an analogy might be chairman, CEO, somebody who does absolutely nothing, but kind of still holds the reins ever so gently, um, and um, and is still around to offer advice. And uh, and then uh, the other person who is the driving force and uh, in charge and making the decisions. Um, so um, so yeah, and this will th this is a transition that's taking place over this this and you know th this month or so. It's uh, um, we're we're sort of gradually um, I'm gradually letting Mac know how how we do things and and. Um, uh, and uh, he's sort of gradually taking over, sort of deciding things and, and driving things forward, um, and um, and it's exciting. Um, so uh, so I won't be I won't be going anywhere. I'm still at Sagai. I will probably always be, um, and um, uh, and still very keen and happy to help out. But uh, but Mac will be the will be the leader of the um, uh, of the team henceforth. Yes. Welcome back. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I I'm I feel like I'm the new Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's it's really not. I, I've I've probably dropped quite a lot in Mac's lap of of late because I've been like, oh, remember this, and oh, by the way, you're in charge of this, and oh, by the way, um, this is also your responsibility. Um, it 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 quickly becomes less terrifying. <laughs> yes. And have, have, you, have you told Matt that he needs to record the titles of all the all the issue or not the issues the the, the stories in the podcast? Sorry, what? Uh, have you told Matt that he needs to record the titles of all the articles for the podcast? <laughs> no, I haven't, because that is not my bloody responsibility. <laughs> Matt, you need to record the titles for all the podcasts. Right? Yes, I was. I was thinking about it, that people now get to hear my voice on the podcast instead of Souverine's. I've not actually done any of the uh, voicing for the, my, the the podcast is done by. Well, you probably our podcast is becoming increasingly popular, so you've probably heard most of the voices. I think, well, uh, Ben's obviously on it. Uh, I think Kai Zen is one of the pod, one of the people who does the podcasting, who's uh, does Elite yeah, Week Ka as Kai well. Kai's just started as well. Not yeah, there's, so there's uh, there's a Quantum Weatherspoon. Um, oh, Rosetta Stone. Um, loads of people. Lo of yeah, loads, loads, There's a bunch of very, the Exagi has a bunch of very uh, eager voice actors who are, who are chomping at the bit to do the next one. So we, we actually have a, a, a the, the, another point of this was to announce the fact that we're going to have an announcement at some point because we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're 
changing some things with the podcast. So um, keep exciting your, times. Keep your yeah, exciting. Keep your ears peeled, eyes peeled, whatever. You know what I mean. Okay, well, uh, if that's the case, we'll. Um, for those of us that follow uh, Sagai, then I think we've got something new to look forward to. Although there have been requests for centerfolds by some people in the <laughs> chat room. <clears throat> Don't know who that could be. Anyway, um, we're going to give our usual shout out so, um, uh, to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, that broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to at radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes out of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. That's all one words. Um, and also, I do believe we have a um, Galnet news by Commander Wotherspoon coming up next. Uh, I'll take that silence as a yes. But um, as far as that's concerned, um, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. Uh, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. I know, it's time Do get in the touch. lipless tones of... What the heck was that? Well, a grunt. That oh, was a grunt. I'm just getting ready. Well, I don't do... have it ready. Oh, well, no. It's on its way. It's I'll okay. slow down. Yeah. Just do get, oh. get in touch. If. <laughs> Colin, I've got some really good I... news for you. Kaizen oh, okay. is offering to be your very first centerfold for for uh, for Sagai. Well, doing... Why is it good? Why is it good news for me? It, it should be good because news for me. Because you said you was you said it was good news. You said you were wanting centerfolds. Yeah, we do. I video. didn't say I was. That was suggestions from the chat room. Stroke chat. To be honest, that we've got. If Kaizen was the centerfold, at least you could make it decent with the staple. <laughs> and what do you do with the PDF version? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't think that one through. <laughs> Animate it? Well. <laughs> wee wee. Sorry. Um. Oh, good grief. I thought we'd mail to get most of the way through, but obviously not. <laughs> Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Centerfolds will now be banned. Uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight British summertime and um, stream, streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So uh, thanks to Mac, thanks to Souverine, thanks to Shan, um, thanks to Ben, uh, and of course special thanks to uh, today's tech specialist, PsychoCal, but until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an orange inserted. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
need a safe one. Galnet News Digest, 14th of July, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the cloning of Fred Bloggs. Eight wheels are better than four. LTD3 plus one times two divided by three. Galnet is gone for good. Turning the dial. A week of disturbing pictures. The cloning of Fred Bloggs. Brewer Corporation has issued an apology to all its valued customers following an outfitting mix-up. A number of fleet carriers were carrying around partially installed services, which had been paid for, but which didn't work. Brewer Corporation has been working tirelessly to resolve this problem, and on Wednesday, all the part-installed modules will become properly installed. In order to run these extra facilities, Brewer has provided an additional crew member to all affected carriers. The crew member in question is called Fred Bloggs, and there are going to be quite a few of them, all identical. Brewer has not explained how this was achieved. With the newly installed modules, some fleet carriers may now be over capacity. Until this is rectified by changing the loadout or by selling cargo or reducing open purchase orders, other commanders may be unable to sell commodities to the affected fleet carrier and will instead get a transaction cancelled message. The company hopes that affected commanders will continue to use Brewer Corporation as their fleet carrier vendor of choice, even if there were a second supplier which there isn't. Eight wheels are better than four. The elite racers have announced a seven-week series of SRV endurance rallies. Starting on the 26th of July, the Sunday evening races will allow racers to compete directly in a first-to-the-finish-line scramble. The first 10 places are awarded points on a sliding scale, with the overall winner decided on the 25th of October. 
While some of the races are a modest 40 kilometers, the longest is 280 kilometers, which will certainly test the endurance of both the SRVs and their drivers. There are some arcane rules. Only basic fuel synthesis is permitted, and you must be parked under your recalled ship in order to refuel. The only hull repair technique permitted is to recall and board your ship. Blowing up disqualifies you from the current stage, but if there are other stages on the same night, you are permitted to compete in them. Third-party tools are strictly prohibited. The organisers will accept the word of racers that they have abided by the rules. The elite racers are commanders of their word. Competitors must sign up in advance and turn up at the start line on each of the seven race days in good time before the start, which will be at 17.30 galactic time. The organisers have been criticised for permitting only users of the PC control system to take part, but have explained that Xbox and PS commanders are unfortunately invisible to the race marshals. LTD 3 plus 1 times 2 divided by 3. There have been some interesting developments this week regarding low-temperature diamonds. There has been a further discovery of an overlapping low-temperature diamond hotspot around planet 10 of HIP 4351, leading to considerable relief from orbital traffic controllers at existing sites. Some of the key mining sites and all the systems around have been jammed full of fleet carriers, leading to concerns that the carriers may have been unable to maintain a safe two metres distance from each other. However, it also turns out that commanders have been misunderstanding how hotspots work. From Wednesday, the doubling or tripling effect of overlapping hotspots will be dramatically reduced, while the yield at the centre of all hotspots will be doubled, meaning that overlapping hotspots won't be quite as special as they used to be, and mining efforts can be spread out over more systems. Fleet carriers both facilitate mining and make mining necessary, and are considered vital to kick-start the economy. Galnet is gone for good. Key members of the community were left reeling after a spokesperson for the Pilots' Federation announced that neither Galnet nor Community Goals were still on the roadmap or road plan. This was an escalation of the previous position, that they had been temporarily suspended to allow other more important things to happen first. Commander Alec Turner spoke about Galnet's rotting corpse. Rootsrat and Osric were essentially left without words. Stuart GT explained it was a gradual ratcheting up from no more commander-submitted articles, to a focus only on events affecting commanders, to the stopping of events that Galnet could report on, to a statement saying that all events have been cancelled until fleet carriers arrive, to this most recent statement that Galnet has been stopped indefinitely. However, it may be that the Pilots' Federation statement was misunderstood. The spokesperson, Stephen Benedetti, said um, we're looking for some questions so one question was uh, what's happening with Galnet 
Um, we say this most week, but we, we know it's a really important thing, so I'm more than happy to explain this each time. Um, that Galnet Community Goals currently are not in our road, our road plan, or road plan, our road plan, our plan just now. Um, but if that does change, or if we do decide to bring them back in, we will let you know. It's just why you've not seen anything at the moment. While very eloquent, this statement is open to the alternative interpretation that reviving Galnet and Community Goals are not planned in the immediate future, but may happen at some point in the future. In the meantime, we will make up the news so that the Pilots Federation doesn't have to. Turning the dial. Commentators and strategists have expressed concern over the plans of the Turning the Wheel initiative, ostensibly an attempt to big up the Dark Wheel to persuade them to tell us what they know about the mysteries of Raxla, it seems possible that there may be another darker motive behind the expansion attempt. The next two goals of the campaign are to get the Dark Wheel to expand to a system very close to Sol, and to the Lave system. The closest system to Sol is Alpha Centauri, the home of Hutton Orbital Radio. And of course the Lave system is home to Lave Radio, which is apparently the hottest show this side of Deso. Far from being an attempt to gain information about Raxler, it seems at least plausible that turning the wheel is actually an attempt to take over Hutton Orbital Radio and Lave Radio by stealth shutting them down and using their transmitters to broadcast non-stop Elite Week. Following the demise of Galnet, can we allow these other news outlets to be shut down in such a cavalier manner? What will Alvin think? What will Commander Edelweiss do with his evenings if he has no show notes to prepare? The charlatans of turning the wheel must be stopped at all costs. A week of disturbing pictures. Commander Vex has discovered a truly unusual life form in the Flyu Grower SO-ZE0 system this week. It appears to be a mass of tentacles with enormous helmets at the end of each tentacle. In an entirely unrelated vein, Canon Interstellar is attempting to introduce avian unnatural cheese to the galaxy as a rare commodity, created using milk harvested from cockerels. It promises to be worth coming a very long distance to try out. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News... We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>